All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. What a terrific Tuesday. How are you? Welcome to Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. Coming to you live Oilers Nation uh, YouTube, where you can uh, get involved in the show as well. Uh, comment there. You can text us, 833-401-1440. Our Jiffy Lube inbox. The uh, Gregor Show is always presented by PlayAlberta.ca, where you can go in, go, go all in on excitement. Now, if you were thinking about the uh, Oilers game tonight and wondering, hmm, what should I do? At uh, PlayAlberta.ca, maybe you uh, you know you just want to pick a winner. Well, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights come into Edmonton. They've been shut out in three of their last nine games, which is uh, kind of surprising. Uh, also, they have only scored six goals in their last five games. The one thing the Vegas Golden Knights do lately is they don't score a lot, but they don't give up a lot either. They are the number one team in goals against in the National Hockey League. And so if you're ever thinking over-under, Vegas has been the under in 15 of their 22 games. So that's even, we're talking like 6.5, because that's a there's a five goals or less in 15 of their uh, 22 games. So if you're going to the game tonight, now every game, anything can change. That's why it's fun. But should we expect a lot of goals tonight for the Edmonton owners? Nah, well, I'll say this. The the Vegas Golden Knights goaltenders, because I'm excluding empty net goals, which, by the way, there's only been two of them. But Vegas goalies in 19 of 22 games have allowed three goals or fewer. In 14, it's been two goals or fewer. Think about that. In 14 of their 22 games, opposing teams have only scored 
two goals or less. Three goals or less 19 times. The Edmonton Oilers, if they're going to get offense tonight, they're really going to have to work for it. There's no question. So, there we go. Um, Vegas loses last night 2-1 to one in overtime. Calgary scored with five seconds remaining. Mackenzie Weger. So, uh, talk about going the distance just to get two goals. Now, that's without Martinez. It's without Shea Theodore. They're both out. They're both not playing tonight for Vegas. But uh, Vegas's team defense, their commitment to team defense is very good. I'm not sure how great their goaltenders are, to be honest. But they're very good goalies for that system, which doesn't give up a lot of chances. And what's interesting is Vegas is like 19th in offensive zone time allowed, which is below average. But what they do is they're like, sure, you want to get in the zone, but you're not penetrating the slot area. They are number one. They've given up the fewest shots from the slot, the fewest. So they're like, hey, you want to shoot from the outside? No problem. Our goalies will make those saves. You want to have the puck and you want to stick handle around on the perimeter? No problem. That's what they do. So the Edmonton orders, you can't fall into that trap. Jeez, we got the puck a lot, but then nothing's happening. You're not getting any quality chances. I think that's going to be the challenge tonight for the Edmonton orders is can they get into the dirty areas against Vegas and create not only one, like, like they can't be one and done tonight against Vegas. It's very hard to score on them to begin with. I think it's even more difficult if you think you're going to, you know, beat the goalie on a one-shotter and not many rebound goals. I think you're going to have to get to the tough areas. You're going to have to. And so without Theodore and Martinez, it, you know, a little bit easier. It is Vegas's third game in four nights. They lost at home, got shut out to Arizona on Saturday, then flew to Calgary on Sunday, lost last night. It's not like it's a long road trip, right, from Calgary to Edmonton. That's not it's not that difficult. So fatigue maybe slightly, but not a lot. Let's be honest, right? These are finely tuned athletes. This this will be what I like though, hearing today in the orders dressing room. The players aren't downplaying the fact that this is against Vegas, a team that beat them in the playoffs last year. Took their dream away essentially. Because you know what? play? Oh, it's just another game. No, no, no. There was none of that. Now, there wasn't like, oh, it's a playoff game. We're going to go crazy. But yes, this game, uh, they're excited for. It's a challenge. right? Like Edmonton lately has done a very good job beating teams they should beat. And shutting down the bad offensive teams. Seattle, the Islanders, Washington, and Anaheim are all 26th to 31st. In goals for. They don't score a lot. Now, Vegas is only 18th. They're not an offensive juggernaut. But they've given Edmonton problems before. So we'll see. This should be, uh, I would think the crowd will be into it a little bit more than the normal maybe, which is nice. And uh, the order players, they, they know what's on the line. They also know what's on the line here because of where they are in the standings. So there's the motivation of, yes, we're playing Vegas. or the Stanley Cup champs. They took us out. But there's also the motivation of we want to get to the playoffs. We got to win. Now, the orders aren't going to win all of their remaining 62 games. Of course not. But in their next 20 games, teams that they are battling in the wild card race, only two of those 20 games come against them. And that's Minnesota on the 8th of December and then Anaheim on the 31st. The other 18 games, they actually have 12 against Eastern Conference opponents. Then they play uh, top teams. 
like Vegas, L.A., Winnipeg. And then they have three against uh, the bottom feeders who aren't in the playoff race. Chicago twice and San Jose once. But none of the kind of like the, the wild card teams that they're battling. They'll play St. Louis and Calgary and those teams later. They just faced Anaheim and they spanked them. Good. You know, there's the old proverbial four-pointer, as we uh, like to say. So, I uh, when I look at the orders, it was interesting listening to Leon Dreisel because – I'm a big believer in it. I like it when play, people just tell it like it is. Don't try to pretend something else. Leon Dry's like, hey, we got our confidence back. We weren't a very confident team. And what did he say has changed? Well, we've eliminated the major individual errors. And he's bang on. Right? Like, watch their games early in the season. We talked about it. We've talked about it ad nauseum. I'm tired of talking about it. You're probably tired of hearing about it. But how many games did the orders? Oh, geez, the other team doesn't have much. Oh, now all of a sudden it's a three-on-one doing an ill-advised pinch. Or it's a three-on-one because a, a, a low-percentage pass was attempted. It's intercepted, and here we go. Because right, the orders actually, if you look at time of possession, it wasn't like they were getting killed in the defensive zone, miscoverage left and right. They're actually one of the teams that's the best in the league at limiting ozone time to their offense. The problem is when they gave it up, it was in there for four seconds, goal. Not ideal. Right? Like what Ekholm said, you got to get comfortable playing defense sometimes for 30 seconds where you can be comfortable like, hey, you know what? Yes, they're in our zone, but we're not in trouble. And that's what Vegas does. You watch tonight. Vegas is comfortable in their own zone. They'll let the other team cycle. They'll, they'll keep them to the outside. They don't. They protect the house, you know, front of the net, low slot area very well. So tonight is definitely... Uh, a bigger test for the Edmonton orders, which is, uh, which is going to be great. Uh, you, you always want to see like the orders. And I think order fans like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, maybe I got one foot back on. I'm believing some of you are, are fully on. You never left, which is great. But others are like, well, maybe I need to see a little bit more. Would a victory against Vegas feel different than a victory against Anaheim? 100%. 100%. So. But, uh, you know, Vegas shows you what a commitment to team defense can do. Now, Leon Dreisaitl talked about the uh, defense mistake, sure. And when I'm talking commitment to team defense, I got some numbers for you. As you know, I love to, like, love to look up numbers, right? The Edmonton Order's penalty kill. Like, well, what's changed? So I was watching film. I went, you know, because they have all the games at home. So I go back. I'm watching their penalty kill in the first few games. And it's not like the system is drastically different. They haven't overhauled that. But you want to know what the major difference is? It's actually quite simple. It's not a, it's not a systemic change. It's a commitment change. In the order's first 13 games, Connor Halley, how many block shots do you think they had on the penalty kill? Just the penalty kill alone, considering that, you know there's not a lot of minutes of, per game in the penalty kill. So out of 13 games, how many block shots, you guess? Oh, geez, not enough. Um, I don't know, 21. 32. Okay. 32 in the first 13 games. Now, in their last seven games, the orders have actually taken a few more penalties. They were averaging 3.87 uh, penalty kills per game. Now it's up to 4.14. So they're actually taking more, so that's not good. However, 32 block shots in twenty-five in 13 games cons. Now they've had 25 block shots in seven games. Almost double. 
I so you get in the shooting lane more, all of a sudden you get more saves because well, you don't get necessarily more saves, you just have less opportunities for the other team. And trust me, blocking like I I I hate how much shot blocking has become a part of the game. I'll be honest. I don't like it. Like guys break bones more from block shots than they ever do from fights or anything else. Right? I'm not I don't think it makes the game more exciting, if I'm being honest. I don't think it does. Does anybody oh geez, look at that. Like, sure, every now and then, like, you know, a key block shot. But like it's great to front the puck, and I understand it. I just don't have to like it. Like I, I don't think it adds uh, a whole bunch to the game, in my personal opinion. Would I be encouraging Connor McDavid to block a shot and risk, you know, fracturing a foot? No, I wouldn't. Honestly, I wouldn't. Now, people will say I'm an idiot, and that's okay. You're entitled to it. But I just, I don't love it. Right? Like, if you want to get in the way, okay, fine. Right? Like, remember, you used to go down and. He used to block shots. And, you know, guys used to lay down on the ice. And by the way, did you see Chris Tana block that shot last night? Oh, my goodness. Like, I, I'm all for commitment, but ouch. I don't know if you saw Connor. He led, essentially, so he's he's on the, uh, what would that be? He's on the left side of his net. So he then has to dive towards his right side. But he leads with his chest, not his feet. And then he takes it square in the face. Ugh. Guy's tough, man, but it's not ideal. It's not ideal. So I don't, I don't, I don't, just a side note, I don't love shot blocking, but it's part of the game. So I, I'm not foolish enough to think that, hey, let's coach our team not to block shots, right? It probably wouldn't work. What so. do you, what do you think Vladar says to him in that situation? Like he was playing very well last night. Like just let that go through, man. I got it. Yeah. You don't but, have to take know, a shot in the face. Yeah, well, I don't, obviously, I don't think Tanov was expecting to, right? Like, he just kind of jumps across. He makes a split-second dec- decision. He's probably thinking, hey, maybe I'll take one in the chest here. Like, you know, takes it right in the face. <laughs> that was uh, You watched the replay. It was ugly. But I don't think the, the goaltenders, it's like anything. You know, goalies, I, I know a lot of them will say, hey, man, um, if you're going to get in the lane, then block the shot. Otherwise, get out of the way because then I can see it. Right, so I don't think a goalie ever complains if you actually block it, even if it's with your face. He probably would, and I don't think he'd say, "Hey, next time, don't do that." Right, because that's it's Chris Tanev's game. That's what he is. He's a shot blocker, right? And and he's fearless. I give him credit for being fearless, but it's not, it's just not ideal, right? Like, what if he stands up, the shot goes through, Vladar saves it, and now Chris Tanev stays in the game. So I don't. Just a side note: I'm not a big fan of the uh, the excessive shot blocking, but it's part of the game. And it was interesting when you crunch the numbers. What a difference it is. 32 block shots in 13 games. Now it's 25. And guess what? 32 block shots. The Oilers allowed 15 goals on 50 kills in those 13 games. They were at 70%. So they weren't blocking a lot of shots. And they were giving up a lot of goals. So now you look, oh, seven games. Jeez, Mark Stewart must have changed everything. Now there's small little, little tweaks here and there. But the most noticeable change is the 25 shot blocks. And now, 25 block shots, they allow three goals on 29. And as I mentioned, they've actually taken more penalties. So that part's not ideal. But 29 penalties killed off 26 of them. And they scored three shorthanded goals. So they're even on the penalty kill. And now, now suddenly it's 89.7% with their shot blocks uh, going up. Massively. So uh, keep that in mind. 
Uh, there'll be uh, doesn't look like uh, any lineup changes tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. And you know we've got texts already. Hey Gregor, I see no lineup changes. Why isn't Gagne in over Ernie? Well, I can I can explain it very simple for you. So Adam Ernie has played for this coach five games. In those five games, Adam Ernie has not been on the ice for one goal against. He's been on the ice for three goals for. When he's on the ice, the orders have outshot the opposition. They have an expected goal percentage of 60. They have scoring chances, um, eight more. So that's why he's playing. Right? They don't need Adam Ernie's offense. Now, he has been on the ice. You know, James Hamlin scored twice. Great. But Adam Ernie's there because he kills penalties. A little bit more physical. But right now, they're not leaking goals against. And while it's nice to get the bonus of goals for... The Oilers' bigger issues have always been goals against, not goals for. So if you get some guys, him and Hamlin right now, they're outscoring the opposition. You do that, you're going to stay in the lineup. So that to me is the uh, the easiest explanation as to why you are seeing him in the lineup. Coming up on the uh, program today... Uh, Matt's Lindgren, former uh, Edmonton Oiler, will join us with uh, Sean Brown at uh, 3.20. Today, uh, Paul Sir will talk some uh, basketball. Of course, uh, Struddy is here, uh, Derek Van Deest, uh, Mark Spector, also Cody Cece. Caught up with uh, Cody Cece, talked a lot about uh, penalty kill. Uh, some other thing, and you know, I really liked his honesty. Cece just flat out said, well, you know what? Hey, when, when, you're, not, when you're not trailing by four and it's a close game, guys are a little bit more willing to get in the shooting lane. And even went to say then when guys aren't taking stupid selfish penalties, because sometimes a teammate you get annoyed, and you're like, man, it's five to one. Am I really going to get in the shooting lane right now? Because being in the shooting lane sucks. Let's be honest, it does. So some interesting thoughts from CeCe. And then we asked him about the uh, the year-long drought for uh, Cody CeCe. He scored in game two of last season. Hasn't scored since. And uh, did you know that the Edmonton Oilers, uh, the one change that's been made uh, when Coffee and uh, Knobloch took over is they changed the uh, the dressing room seating plan. The defensemen now all sit together. So and you have Bouchard beside Ekholm uh and then uh, so it goes Ekholm, Bouchard, CC, Nurse, Kulak, Deharnay. And that's going from uh my left to right. Okay, if that makes any sense to you. So, you know, you've got the Ekholm Bouchard pair, then you have CC Nurse in the middle, and then you have uh, Kulak and uh, Deharnay. Now, obviously Broberg sits over there as well. So that's a little change and, uh, you know, got CeCe's thoughts on that. Uh, Now, when you sit with all the D-men and they've all scored, like the Oilers defensemen are actually scoring way more goals to the first 20 games this year than they did last year. Bouchard has five. He had zero in the first 20 games last year. Nurse has three. had three last year. Ekholm has three. DeHarnay has one. Kulak has one. So uh, is there any uh, lighthearted, fun jabs amongst the blue liners for CeCe? And uh, is the goalless drought weighing on him? Probably not as much as you would think it is for him as for a guy like Ryan McLeod. I, I chatted with uh, McLeod. Uh, today. It was interesting because I asked him, are you a superstitious guy? Do you change anything? And he goes, well, actually, he tried and he, he switched to Nugent Hopkins' stick last game. He used it in practice, used it in warm-up. Like, oh, yeah, I felt good. Gets into the game. First two attempts, he's like, no, brutal. And went back to his own stick. And you know what? He's... Uh, and he goes, he didn't really have an explanation. He goes, hey, you know what? When you're not scoring, you, you're probably thinking about it too much. But he's been... Hit, He's been missing high and wide. I think you've all seen it lots, right? And on some of his best chances, he's missing the net. And he didn't shy away from it. He's like, yeah, it's frustrating. 
Right? And he goes, in some of the cases, he goes, I'm not even trying to shoot high. It's end up going high. So, you know what? Opening up maybe a little bit too early. But uh, it's definitely something that uh, is obviously irritating him a little bit more than it would be a guy like Cody Cece, who's more of a defensive defenseman. So we'll talk about all that and more on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, live on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube. 225 on Sports 1440, live on Orders Nation uh, YouTube. Of course, a big story in the National Hockey League, Patrick Kane is now a member of the Detroit Red Wings. Kane and Debrinkat reunited in Detroit. Uh, Wing fans are saying, could it be? Could it be as good as it was the first time? We shall see. But uh, that's a pretty big get for the Detroit Red Wings, who are currently in a playoff spot. And uh, adding Patrick Kane without having to give up anything, uh, you would think in theory. Uh, we'll make them a better team. Uh, let's go around the NHL. Brought to you by McDonald's and uh, Fan Day Deals are back. Get a Big Mac, McChicken, and filet of fish sandwich for only 4 bucks on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. Today's Tuesday, baby. So get yours today at McDonald's. A longtime beat reporter for the Detroit Red Wings, Ansar Khan. Joins us, Ansar. Welcome back to the show, man. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm great. Um, so the Detroit Red Wings, uh, they go out and, you know, pretty, pretty big addition that doesn't cost you anything other than cap space, uh, to get Patrick Kane. Is, is it too simple, Ansar, to say that, uh, he's going to at least start on a line with Alex Debrinkat that had some pretty good chemistry in Chicago? No, no. I, I, in fact, uh, it would be surprising if he didn't. I mean, it makes all the sense in the world to, to reunite those two, um, and, uh, you know, just three games ago, uh, Derek Malone split up uh, Dylan Larkin and uh, DeBrinket. They had played together all season, put them on separate lines, and uh, it's worked. They've won three in a row. And uh, the way it's uh, the way they got their lines uh, uh, assembled right now, it looks like uh, Kane, uh, whenever he comes here, whenever he's cleared to play and I'm sure it'd still be a little bit, a little while here, but he can slide right in to that uh, on the line with DeBrinket and uh, JT Comfort. Well, yeah, and especially because DeBrinket, uh, you know, had moved down to the second line. I know Rasmussen's been there. So, what what do you see with the rest of the lineup? Because, like Daniel Sprong's their fourth line right winger. Like I look at the right side, you know, Lucas Raymond, Rasmussen. So, does that mean Sprong's coming out, or is one of the right wingers going to move to the left side? Do you think? Yeah, no, Sprung's definitely not coming out. Uh, he's uh, been very valuable with uh, secondary scoring. He's a tremendous shot, uh, a good power play guy. I, I think uh, I think actually a guy that you're familiar with might be coming out is Clem Costin. Okay. Uh, he's, uh, he's been a bit of a disappointment. He really hasn't uh, provided much here. Uh, I think he would be the 13th forward right now uh, when everybody is healthy. Uh, he would be the odd man out. Oh, okay. Uh, and yeah, so what, what hasn't gone right for Carson? Uh, well, you know, I, I'm, he just he just hasn't made an impact. Uh, I, I think uh, you know he's, he's played uh, mostly in the fourth line, uh, winger. Only scored one goal. Uh, I think two points played in all but one game 
it does at times provide a little bit of a, a physical uh, presence, uh, down low, forechecking, got into a fight in Columbus. Uh, uh, but other than that, uh, he's just not very noticeable. Uh, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not sure exactly what he does, to tell you the truth. Yeah. Okay. Oh no, that's fair. He, you know what? Uh, especially when you have a two million dollar price tag, right? Like if he was making, you know, what he was making last year at seven fifty, then you know you look and say, hey, bang and crash, and, and that's fine. Obviously, you chip in a few goals, but the the, the minute you you get a raise, then suddenly expectations are a lot higher. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's uh, definitely uh, not uh, so far, at least anyway. It's still early, but uh, so far is not. Uh, 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 lived up to the expectations. Looking at the Red Wings uh, overall, uh, they, they've been waiting to take a step for the last few years, right? Like it's been uh, kind of a long rebuild, retooling for them. When you look at how the prior to Kane, they had themselves in a playoff spot. I would think this would energize their, their locker room even more, getting a future Hall of Famer uh, inside the, the locker room. So, you know, a good message from their GM. But what, is, what have you seen as the difference this year? What are the Red Wings doing better this year that's allowing them to win more games than they have in previous years? A couple things. I, they're, they're a much deeper team. You know, the strange thing is they're actually a point behind where they were after 20 games last year. Hmm. But there's no question that this team is, is better, deeper uh, than, than the team last year that, that faded uh, pretty much uh, toward the, the second half of the season. Uh, you know, they, they've got more offensive uh, options. Uh, I, I believe they're fourth or fifth in the league in uh, goals uh, per game. Uh, they go seven deep on defense with seven veteran defensemen. Uh, they made it clear right at the start with their, their off-season moves that they didn't feel Simon Edmondson, their top pick uh, from 2021, uh, was ready yet. And so he's in Grand Rapids. But they're seven deep on defense. Uh, more scoring options, and I think also a big thing is the goaltending is, is, is deeper. Uh, last year they had Billy Huso, who was carrying them basically early in the season, but they they really struggled with that backup uh, spot. This year they've they've got three guys uh, that they feel uh, good with. Uh, you know, uh, Alex Lyon, who was their third goalie uh, coming into the season. Uh, has won uh, uh, his last two starts and has looked good doing it. Uh, and he's probably, he pretty much moved up to number two on the depth chart behind Huso. And uh, and then they still got the veteran uh, James uh, Reimer as their third goalie. So they're in a, a good spot there with the kind of goaltending depth that they wanted. Ansar Khan joins us, a uh, beat reporter for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, on the blue line, you know, like Jake Wallman is one of those guys. It's funny. When, when teams become good, there, there's usually, yeah, there's draft and everything. But in a lot of cases, there's a guy who kind of came out of nowhere, right? Like even you go back to Chicago, when they acquired Patrick Sharp, no one expected Patrick Sharp to become the player he was in Chicago, right? And he became a huge guy. Wallman's basically a first-pairing defenseman with Mo Sider and has been kind of like like this diamond in the rough signing uh, Ansar for them, or finding, I should say, for them. Yeah, he has. It was kind of a uh, – they, they got him in the trade with St. Louis uh, a, a couple years ago with Sunquist uh, for Nick Letty. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it – it, it, 
didn't see it didn't seem like they got a second round pick out of it and that that seemed to be the uh, the main thing that they got out of it and they would have been happy with just a second round pick but uh, uh, Wallman has turned into quite a fine uh, last year he missed the start of the season coming off surgery core surgery uh, but then uh, he started off so so good that they put him on the top pairing right around just before Christmas uh, with uh, Mo Sider, and they've had tremendous chemistry ever since. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, you know he's strong defensively, uh, good on the penalty kill, and he's even an option, a secondary option on the power play because he's got a tremendous shot. No, it's you know I just I watch him and. Because he was a third, I'm looking it up. He was a third round selection for, f- by St. Louis. You know, he played uh, you know parts of uh, a few years in St. Louis during the COVID, and you know nothing stood out to say okay, this guy was going to emerge. But man, he really has. And you know, Mo Sider obviously was somebody that you know P- I remember at the draft when he was taken. Some people wondered what Detroit was doing. Clearly, they were bang on uh, when they got him. But uh, one guy who, who uh, now he's a pending free agent. But, man, uh, if you talk about guys who, when they signed him, they were hoping he'd be everything he's done, Shane Gostaspare has lived up to everything that Detroit's won. And almost a point-per-game guy, 18 points on the back end. But outside of the – or is it just the points? And so are there other things that have really impressed you with his game so far on the back end? No, it's, it's mainly the offense uh, and, and uh, what he provides uh, also on the power play. Uh, that's why they uh, signed him. Uh, they, they wanted a, uh, a left shot at the top uh, uh, to complement Sider's uh, uh, right shot on the other unit. Uh, and uh, the, the good thing about uh, Gostas there is uh, they like his versatility. He can play uh, either up top, uh, run the power play from there, or uh, from the half wall. Uh, so they moved him back and forth there. But just his, uh, his puck-moving ability... Uh, the offense that he brings uh, from the back end, uh, that was uh, something that they needed. Uh, uh, last year, it was uh, they didn't get as much uh, offense uh, from, the, from the blue line. And uh, so far earlier, this season, I think, uh, I haven't looked at the stats lately, but at one point they were uh, leading the league in uh, goals or points uh, from the blue line. And Gossett Bears the, the big reason for that. Ansar, as always, we appreciate your time, man. It'll be interesting to see Patrick Kane. Uh, any word uh, when you expect him to make his debut with the Red Wings? Uh, no, actually, uh, Lalonde actually said today that it's not official yet. They still yeah. got a couple of hurdles to clear. Uh, he termed it uh, health-related. Uh, awesome. He didn't uh, go into it uh, got a too pa- much. Basically, he's got to pass a physical? I, I, that's what the reading between the lines okay. uh uh, I, I think that's the uh, that's the final hurdle, but uh, uh, certainly uh, uh, talking to the players and everyone, uh, they expect that uh, to happen uh, uh, sometime here. And the other thing is too, they're, they're actually over. They would be over the roster limit. Uh, with uh, they need to uh, send somebody down. Dylan Larkin's going to miss the next two games, and so they had to call up Bergren. Uh, they'll need they'll need to send Bergeron back down uh, when they make the Kane signing uh, official. So they play tomorrow against the Rangers, and then Chicago on. I guess it'd be fitting if he uh, played sh- against Chicago, his former team, on Thursday. That would be uh, that would be quite the story. But yeah, no, I, I no, I, I don't. That won't. I, I can't see that happening. I mean, he's he's been out so long. He yeah. Needs to uh, 
practice. He needs basically have a training camp. I, I think I, I wouldn't expect. I'd be surprised if he plays uh, anytime uh, within the next week. I, I think he needs uh, several practices okay. uh, to get uh, into the swing. That would be my guess anyway. Um, but uh, definitely not. Uh, definitely not Thursday. Okay, awesome, Anzar. Thanks for your time, man. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. That's uh, Ansar Khan joining us uh, from Detroit. So Patrick Kane, he's off the market. Uh, he's in Detroit. And uh, uh, got a lot of texts uh, flying in at 833-401-1440. Hey, guys, what do you think the chances are the Red Wings would trade Kossin back to Edmonton and need half the salary? Uh, well, I guess anything's possible, right? Uh, would Edmonton take him for a million dollars? Um, maybe like think about Clem Costin was like there, the the headlines of Clem Costin you quite liked a right, hard shot finished had a really high shooting percentage was physical had some great tilts and and you know made some funny comments that fans really liked so you endeared himself to it but if you looked at his usage he didn't play a lot right now you know the coach didn't trust him defensively. And so, while the goals are great, Edmonton needs guys, especially on their fourth line, that they can trust defensively first. Chipping in, awesome. That's nice. you got to have some. But if you're giving up more than you're scoring, I don't care if you score 10 goals, if you give up 14, right? Does it doesn't help you. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'll get good for a clean cost and get that contract, right? Chipped in for him, but he is... Uh, He's a play now. I don't care who it is. It's hard to do anything in seven or eight minutes. So I'll make that abundantly clear. It sucks for him, and he doesn't kill penalties. That's the challenge for Clean Costs and for whatever team he plays on. Unless he's going to get bumped up to your third line and get a lot of five on five minutes, but because if he's on your fourth line and he doesn't kill penalties, he's not on the power play. It's it's hard to find ice time for guys like that. Like really difficult. So yeah, I don't. I don't foresee that happening. I could be wrong, but uh, I don't see that happening. 240 on Sports 1440. Uh, coming up, uh, Paul Serval joining us. we got uh, Sean Brown uh, joining us in studio. Matt's Lingren, former Edmonton owner, will uh, stop. I catch up with him, man. I haven't talked to Matt's in a long time, so it'll be good to catch up with him, see, uh, see what he's up to. And more on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Rodeo clowning felt like an exciting opportunity. Boy, was I ever wrong. The bulls. So predictable. But you know what's exciting and unpredictable? PlayAlberta.ca. I can bet on any sports game, play online casino games anytime, and buy lottery tickets anywhere. PlayAlberta.ca. Go all in on excitement. Sign up today and get over $100 in welcome bonuses. Remember, if you gamble, use your game sense. Game day on Sports 1440. How are you? Jason Greger alongside uh, Connor Halley. The uh, Oilers taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, this might be the best time all season for the Oilers to play Vegas. Why? It's their third game in four nights. They being Vegas. Also, Vegas has only won three of their last ten games. They're three, five, and two. They've been shut out in three of their last nine games. They've only scored six goals in their last five games. They're in a little bit of a funk after an 11-0-1 start. They're 3-5-2 they're and uh, struggling to score. 
now, someone would say, hey, Gregor, they eventually they'll break out, and you're probably right. But that doesn't mean it has to happen tonight. The uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Now, maybe Edmonton's the opposition that Vegas, you know, kind of gets woken up by and says, hey, we better wake up or we'll get embarrassed because that McDavid kid and that dry subtle kid, they're pretty good. And uh, Kane and Hyman, they got some skilled players up front, right? And Edmonton has shown they can embarrass teams. There's no question. So I think there'll be a little bit more juice tonight for sure. But Edmonton's more rested team. I think they probably got a little bit more confidence right now. They got to show it though, right? They got they got to show people and probably themselves that they can beat a good team. They've beaten teams they should beat lately: Seattle, the Islanders, Washington, Anaheim. Good, and they spanked some of them, right? Controlled those games in, in four or five of them for sure. Limited the goals against. Very good. But now do it against a good team. That'll be the test coming up tonight. As we get to the uh, basketball report brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Home of the no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Stay warm all winter at LegacyHeating.ca. As a former pro uh, coach and a player, Paul Sir joins us as he always does on Tuesdays. Paul, how you doing, my man? Doing great. Great to be here, Jason. Hey, uh, I want to get into the, uh, we'll get to the NBA in a second, but the, uh, the FIBA qualifiers, right? There's U.S., Germany, Canada, you know, South Sudan, Serbia, etc. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, Canada gets in. This is a, now it's a pretty big accomplishment, no? Well, 100%, given that they haven't been in the Olympics in over 20 years. So to pre-qualify and not have to go through the knockdown drag them out uh, qualifiers that are going to be coming up uh, early this summer is a great accomplishment. And I'll give Canada basketball credit. They put a lot of resources into the qualifying process for the men's and the women's teams. And the results have been very successful. How do you, how do you, let's say Canada gets everybody there. How do you view their chances? 
I think their chances are really good because if they have everybody there, they are top to bottom as talented or more talented than virtually any team in the world, maybe with the exception of the Americans. But you you would have to put them toe-to-toe with the Americans when you're talking about players like Gilgis Alexander, who is a legitimate MVP candidate this year, again, averaging close to 30 points a game and was dominant in the FIBA uh, worlds this past summer. So uh, top to bottom, I think, with with the one caveat that the bigs from Canada aren't that good. But the guards and wings are very, very good. So they have a legitimate shot to be in the hunt for medals. Now, that's a big jump from a team and a nation that hasn't been there for 24 years. So to put that kind of pressure on this team, maybe not. But there's no reason talent-wise they can't be competing with everybody else. Uh, The NBA in-season tournament, I'll say this about the NBA. It's new. It's different. I'm not even sure I understood it at the beginning, but man, they have put a lot into it. They've got like Ocean's 11 and Ocean 12 kind of uh, spoofs on commercials with all sorts of players going in, kind of promoting it, right? Like they've really pumped this up. Like this is a great event. They got special courts for all the teams for their games. So fans know which is a in season game and which isn't, which is actually quite smart uh, to do. So now that, you know, we're, we're nearing the end, uh, there's uh there's eight games tonight with the variables. We know the Pacers and the Lakers are the only two that have secured themselves in. Uh, the, the rest could be decided here uh, very soon. But what what's your thoughts on this? Do you like it? Uh, is it gimmicky? What do you think? I like it, and it's gimmicky. Okay. Uh, the NBA is the uh, uh, is the Disneyland of professional sports. They don't miss a trick, <laughs> and they add glitz and glitter to everything. So. Uh, the, the, the special courts, the, uh, the type of hype that you're referring to, Jason, I mean, they, they, they have gone all in. This is not a flirtation. This is diving in with both feet. Whether it's great or not, I don't know. But now that we're getting down towards the end, it's kind of exciting. And tonight's games mean something now. So to have that kind of injection of in-season interest, uh, you have to give the NBA credit. They were willing to try it, and now you've got all these different variables on who's going to qualify for the final 10 based on the games tonight. And it all comes down to mathematical formulas that would take us about two and a half hours to walk through all the different scenarios. So good on the NBA. Yeah. Uh, you know, the scenarios are crazy. We know the Raptors uh, aren't in, of course, but uh, there's lots of different scenarios. Now, I did ha- I don't I, I don't have the answer to this, Paul. And I don't know if you do, but I had people ask me so because they don't know who the team like they had set up who the teams were in the preliminary rounds of this, but now they don't know who they're going to play. Do they have to revamp the remaining schedule if all of a sudden you have like Lakers and Pacers playing each other again? Or, or did they not have any, like, how do they do this? Is, is it kind of a floating schedule? I think it's a floating schedule okay. because I haven't heard any controversy over having to shift uh, games around. And when you think of the logistics of doing that midseason with arena uh, capacity and availability being on the table, I would think that's all been taken into account by the NBA. That would be a big miss on the part of the NBA who have not missed anything as far as I can see in putting this together. So I think the the rest of the regular season schedule will go ahead as per uh, planning. And uh, we're going to have a tournament uh, with, with outcomes that are going to be very interesting. 
Yeah. Well, I, the one thing I've actually quite liked, and I know so, like, I'm not one. This is professional sports. These are adults. When, you know what, the guys are shooting threes late in game because every point matters in the tournament. I actually don't mind that. Everybody knows the rules. It's, don't get offended by it. Like I, I saw a few, uh, uh, poopy pants, uh, play. Oh, that's, you know, that's disrespectful. What do you mean it's disrespectful? The rules are outlined. This is as plain as day. There's no reason to pretend that it's it's disrespectful that some guy's trying to drain a three with two seconds left, especially when you're the player who's repeated, play 60 minutes, play 60 minutes all the time. So um, I actually don't mind that part of it. But uh, let's get to the actual teams themselves and, and some of the standings and everything. And, uh, you know, you, you look at um, some of these teams, Paul, and the Minnesota Timberwolves, are you a believer in the T Wolves. Now I know you like the T, but are you a believer? Are they as good as their record says? Before I answer that, it's the first time I've heard poopy pants used in an NBA discussion. So I, I want to thank you for slipping that in. Yeah. That's very good. That's it shows my dad voice right there. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> uh am I a believer? I, I I'd like to say I've uh found religion, but I haven't been able to go into the River Jordan yet. So I haven't been baptized by the wolves. They, they, but you know, I, one of the summaries I read, I think really summed it up very, very well for the Timberwolves. They are much more consistent for a young team with the kind of history that they have than I think anyone is expected to this point. Now we're, you know, a third of the way through the season, approaching a third of the way or a quarter of the way through the season. There's a lot of basketball left Mm -hmm. to be played. So we'll see, but, Edwards is a superstar. Yeah. He's developing into a stud. Towns has adapted to his role pretty darn well. The role players, and I'll tell you, but to me, the key here is if you want to put a key in the ignition, it's Mike Conley. You've got Mm. a quality point guard, traditional point guard, who gets the ball into play, puts the ball into the hands of his scorers, and the Wolves have been able to now say, this is Edwards' team in terms of scoring. Cat is a is the second option. And Rudy Gobert has done what Rudy Gobert is supposed to do, change shots, rebound, and be efficient around the basket. So uh, there's hope in the Timberwolves' land for the first time in about 27 decades. So I think that the Wolves are, are you know, at least spark- there's a pulse where there just hasn't been one for a long, long time. Yeah, I think that's well said, right? Like that... That's the thing. It's been so long for Minnesota fans. They're just like, are you serious? They're 12 and four. Can they keep it up? Like, OKC. Hey, I like OKC. It's, you know, lots of young teams and we're starting to maybe see a little bit of a turnover. And then you look at some of the teams like the Clippers, the Lakers, you know, you kind of go after the aging star and maybe that's not necessarily the best. Now I know Phoenix did it, but uh, they still have a young guy that's pretty much a core player on their team, so they're a little bit different in that one. But you know, you see some of these teams now. Like, look at the Nuggets; they're two best guys in, through the draft. And even when Golden State was a dominant team, it was still their core all came through the draft, right? So I still think there's some validity in it, even though some of these teams trade their draft picks for the next eight years like they mean nothing. Oh yeah, they they. Absolutely right. It's candy corn to to a lot of teams it, when they believe that you're going to be able to uh, let's let's go sign James Harden. Let's trade away a whole bunch of stuff and get James Harden. How's that worked out so far? Now maybe we'll see a surge as they get used to each other. If there's such a thing with James Harden, so I I I just think that what we're seeing though is the methodical year on year 
rebuild through the draft that's been very, very effective for some of these teams. I mean, when you look at the top 10 in the power rankings, T-Wolves number two. Yeah. My goodness. OKC, the Magic, Orlando Magic. I mean, you're talking about doormats, the Kings, the Knicks. My gosh. Yeah. You know, it's like you're bringing in old laundry that you just you didn't even wash. And it, it, it just but it's 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 exciting to see, I think. And here's something I, I would remember when Portland drafted Sam Bowie instead of Michael Jordan. Yeah. Then they turned around and drafted Greg Oden, who also had foot problems for people didn't know. Bowie had leg problems. Then they draft another guy with leg and foot problems, and it was an absolute bust. The Lakers signed Carl Malone, Steve Nash, Gary Payton. Heck, I think they signed Bill Russell. But they went with all these old guys that they thought were going to be the nucleus for a great team. That's what the Clippers have done. Yeah, To a certain extent, that's what the Lakers have done. These other teams have gone with youth and draft picks and development. Yeah. And it takes a while, you know, the pain of, of those bad years for sure. And then it, it pays off. So, you know, the Lakers have found ways to be competitive last year. They started terribly and then, you know, really turned it on and made it to the final four. So uh, maybe they're thinking they can repeat that. And, you know, with LeBron, maybe they can. Yeah. You never maybe know. He it doesn't, it doesn't seem to age as uh, Paul Sir joins us. Uh, I, I do want to get to Nikolai uh, Jokic. His usage is way up, Paul. Any, any reason why? Well, Jamal Murray's been hurt, and they lost some depth in the offseason. So they don't quite have the uh, impact coming off the bench that they've had before. So you're seeing Jokic having to do even more than what he's had to do over the last three years. I mean, last year he wasn't MVP, but he probably should have been, uh, as you know, because Joel Embiid got it. But the two previous years he was. Uh, having Jokic having to play that much more and be that much more impactful is not a good sign because that is not what won the championship for the Nuggets. So they've got to get Jamal Murray healthy again, but now I think they're going to have to get out into the marketplace and try to add to their depth because I don't, this does, this does not have the feeling of a team that in March is going to be ready to march to another, uh, another championship. Uh, there are other teams that are fresher and deeper, I think. So Jokic, as great as he is, he's a triple-double machine as a post player. But you just don't want a guy with that kind of body having to play this kind of minutes. Paul, what do you make of a Holmgren versus Embiid? Oh, you know, that's the modern NBA to me in a nutshell. Like, think of Holmgren playing in the 80s, coming in at 7-1, a buck 95 going against Patrick Ewing and all of the bruise Bill Lambeer. Can you imagine Bill Lambeer guarding Chet Holmgren? I, I, I mean, it's just, it's like, it's, it, it's just a different era where Embiid you would think would just take the skinny guy, put him in the low block and dunk on him. Shaq. Can you imagine Holmgren guarding Shaq? Yeah. But in the modern NBA, Holmgren's a great player. And I think has, is, ahead of the big kid from San Antonio, from Wambayana, uh, Yama, in terms of Rookie of the Year right now. Holmgren's playing better than than the young guy in San Antonio. He's a very good player. And you know what? He went to work on Embiid, the yes. defending M- MVP, who has about 80 pounds on him and is a great player and having another great year. 
So I just think it's the modern NBA. The stretch five now, no longer the stretch four. It's the stretch five. You go outside, you go inside, and the back-to-the-basket low, uh, low post game just doesn't have the premium in today's NBA that it used to have. Now, certain guys can still be a fan, like Jokic. Now, Jokic could do everything, though, so maybe I probably shouldn't. Maybe that's unfair to use him. But he he could still go back to the rim and, and, and break you down pretty easily. But a lot of teams don't do it because, you know, scoring such a premium, and, and teams will be like, man, we'll take 10 threes and, and maybe only hit, geez, if you hit four of them, you're pretty happy, right? And so well, then you look and say, well, now that's 12 points. Well, then that gives you six possessions to hit all of yours just to stay with us. That's right. Just the whole shift in analytics and the emphasis on the three and just the mathematical belief that taking more threes is better than low post taking twos. Like, you know, the axiom now is threes and layups. That's what that's what teams are looking for. The mid range game is still something that is largely ignored and the back to the basket game, with exception, largely ignored. An interesting stat- statistic, though, as it relates, for instance, to the Toronto Raptors, is they're much more efficient when Siakam gets more touches with his back to the basket in the low block. So I'm not sure it's the right formula, Jason, but it certainly is the formula that the NBA is using. Paul, great stuff as always, man. We appreciate it. Have an awesome week. Enjoy the in-season tournament. You, you bet. I, I think I'll understand it about two months from now, but by that time, uh, we'll at least know what the, what the outcome was. But thanks a lot, Jason. It's great to be here. That's uh, Paul, sir. He joins us uh, every Tuesday here on Sports 1440. When we come back, Sean Brown will join us live in the studio, our regular uh, Tuesday co-host after the con man on a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling Home. The no payments, no interest for one full year on your furnace. Check it out, legacyheating.ca. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 